This is Ryan Dora with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. All right, and welcome once again to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. And today's episode is number 10, and Justin Foscu is going to join us. Everyone knows that name. He was the first-round draft pick in 2020. He was taken 14th overall. He's an infielder in the Texas Ranger organization. Jeff, another good one. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's one of, well, I guess seven prospects who are in the Arizona Fall League, and uh, he's the, the highest ranked of, of them. And um, I don't know if there's more expectation on him because of that, but, you know, your first round pick and, um, you know, he, he crushed it at Hickory this year, uh, kind of made some noise there. He, he landed on some top 100 lists. So um, he's, uh, he's somebody we need to talk to. He's somebody we need to get familiar with this show so that we can have him on. Uh, I don't know. How about every, every two months? I don't know. Yeah. Every- yeah. Yeah, that's what we need. And then eventually these guys are all big leaguers and they're going to be popping on all the time. So, look, and that's we right. can, and, and look, and, and let's be really clear we can get big leaguers on too right now. But I think in the offseason, it's really fun to go to the minor leagues and get some of these guys uh, right now because some big names in this organization, they're not in the big leagues yet. Well, he's still playing. So, I mean, there's, there's still something fresh to talk about, new experience for him. And, you know, this is his first uh, year of professional baseball. And- yep. Uh, he had to overcome an injury, so there's a lot, a lot to talk about. And, you know, if you're a Rangers fan, there's there's plenty to be excited about with him. Absolutely. And let's go to that. I want to talk to you a couple things before we get to Justin. Let's do that right after this. Let's go to our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. Okay, so you know what? Another part of this that I wanted to do, we're going to go over winter calendar stuff because the winter is here and November 4th is the latest that the season could go. I'm going to go into that in a little bit. Before we do that, I want to go into some minor league stuff because there are some guys playing right now. And I tell you who's playing is the uh, complex league or the or the instructional league. And this little, you and I with Henry, Henry was with you. Uh, we were out at DBU this Tuesday. Nice fit. Was that your first time at DBU? No, it was my second time. I uh, I was there in 2019. I watched uh, Bobby Wood Jr. I was doing a Bobby Wood Jr. story, so I watched him play a game for Colleyville Heritage, a playoff game, and he didn't disappoint. And that that stadium is fantastic. Corner Ballpark is whew, that's a that's a little gem. Oh my God! My dad was believe it or not the 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 connections. My father uh, went to A and M playing baseball, but ended up playing baseball for DBU one year. Now this is way back. Guarantee you didn't play on that field. Anyway, that I didn't realize how nice that field was. That is, DBU has is a, is this little 
I mean, it's right off of Mountain View. Uh, is it Mountain Creek Parkway right there? Um, that yeah. it's right off of. It's a little hidden gem right there. Right off of uh, what the, the spur 409 there. That 408, yeah. Connected from 20 to 30 and loop 12 and all that stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, you know, and then it's a very pretty campus. Yep. Uh, the, the church looks very nice and pretty and regal and all that stuff. So, uh, but that ballpark, yeah, that's a, that, that, that thing is real nice. Yeah. And, and DBU dating back to the 60s has always been decent. At, look, they were obviously a lower division for a lot of years. Now they're Division One baseball. They're a powerhouse, been the College World Series a couple of times. Yeah, they, they really put their stamp on it on the program this year. They uh, you know they went to TCU and knocked off TCU in the in the regional round. Uh, they won their super and then ended up in the College World Series. So uh, good good for them. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of good college baseball you know in, in this area with with the, well really in the state, but TCU, Dallas Baptist, and then uh, you know Tech is great. Texas yep. says you know, always good. Houston Rice. Um, and then, and, and, you know, you can sprinkle in the Baylors who, who, you know, aren't, aren't bad and have a nice, nice history. So yeah. Uh, good, good baseball state. A- absolutely. And so what, let, let's explain what we saw there and the reason you were out there, the, uh, we know about fall instructs. They put together a team from fall instructs. They're doing this little tour. They were in Lubbock Monday night, right? Right. Lubbock Monday, Monday. night. And then yeah. you and I were there Tuesday. That was DBU sure. today. They're at Baylor. And then tomorrow night's the big one. Mark's TCU, yeah. Ricky Venasco and TK Roby are going to face the Frogs at Lupton Stadium. Are you, you planning uh, on being there? Yeah, I think TCU is expecting a big crowd. So, uh, R- Ricky, last time I talked to him in Arizona, he was pretty pumped up. He hasn't pitched in front of a crowd or at night for a long time. And a lot of these guys um, on this team are so young or have been in the Dominican Republic that they haven't played at night. Right. Those are the, the, these are their first time under the lights in their career. You know, they have the Rangers have a 17 year old on this team. They, they went really young. Um, you know, Aaron Zavala is, is older. Uh, Larson Kindrich is a, a little bit older, but those are the, really, those are the guy, the, the two, two oldest guys on the team off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but um, yeah. you know, th- th- this is a young team and it's a good challenge. I mean, you know, you, you look at, uh, a, a guy who was drafted this year out of high school, he wouldn't even, he would be right now in his first semester of college. So right. Yeah. The college team and a good college team is a really good challenge for a lot of these guys. Yeah. And, and let's, let's be clear that the, the college kids were all using the wooden bats also, which was, uh, I'm assuming that was, uh, uh, negotiated ahead of time. This is fantastic for both times. First of all, the, the programs enjoy this, uh, having some professionals come in um, to do this. And you're right, a lot of these kids, uh, this this is their first time. You talked to Ricky in Arizona. I talked to Ricky before the game. He came over and just high-fived me and sat there and talked yeah. for a sec. Boy, you talk about he is pumped. He's ready to go, and he was talking about it. He's like, man, I was like, well, you need to settle down now. You know, right. calm down. Because <laughs> I know you're pumped up, but it sounds like a lot of people are going to get I'm going to have to get over there early and leave leave out here to get over there early. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to do what I did last time. I mean, I think I have a spot in the press box because I know all, all the all the people over there, but I don't need it. It was better just hanging outside and chatting yeah. up po- folks and then and, and, – mingling with the Rangers executives who are out there. And uh, it sounds like there's going to be a good batch uh, uh, tomorrow night too. Yeah. Let me tell you what. And if you want to know how important this are, let's talk about who we saw out there. Uh, 
We saw uh, Paul, who was came on our show. Um, Paul, Kruger. Paul Kruger. We had Chris Young was there. Um, yes. I saw Kobe Lewis, uh, Michael Young. I don't know if any Ranger fan has ever heard of this guy. His name's Michael Young. Uh, used to play, used to play for the Rangers. A little uh, bit. Yeah, he, he was hanging around, and Kobe and uh, Darren Oliver was also there. Right, and then uh, up in the stands, there were numerous scouts. Kip Fag was up there. Oh, I didn't see Kip. I didn't know he was there. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, a good representation, not just a Ranger scouts. There are a lot of just scouts from around the league there too. Oh, I'm, I imagine there were a lot. And if you cover this team at all, I mean. I, I think there were me and you and a couple other guys I saw that were there, but I think Friday night there's going to be a ton. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And, um, you know, TCU is a good, a good program. And, yes. You know, uh, scout, scouts really don't get any time off. They, 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 go, they go around the clock with fall ball and, and really the, the summer circuit that these high school kids who are rising toward the draft play in. Right. Uh, scout, scouts, are, scouts are on the road a lot, and they're out, they see a lot of games, and they're not, they, they're not going to miss this. Well, and I'll say this, if the Rangers who are going to be active in the offseason and they're 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 talking about spending money, but another way to acquire some talent that they could spend some money on would be through trades. Um, don't think that there aren't some uh, pro scouts there checking out these young kids that could be a throw in to any of these deals that are at the lower level that might be in in some deal to bring over someone. Yeah, there are two there are two currencies in baseball. There's actual money and then there's prospects. Absolutely. And, and you know, you you get prospects uh, part of the reason you get them is to trade them. I mean, that's just that's just the reality of a business. And, yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if if the Rangers pulled a couple trades this offseason with with prospects. They said they don't want to. They are still building the farm system, right. but they have created enough depth where they could survive a trade or two. Absolutely, and and I'll tell you right now that the the showcase of all of this sounds like it's going to be the one Friday night because. Two very important top prospects are pitching. When you've got Ricky Venasco, who we've had on, and we have heard from many people, quite frankly, could be the best um, uh, pitching prospect in the organization. But look what TK Roby's done, too, who they thought they had an injury there. He's come back and been fantastic in instructs. Um, They're going back-to-back two innings apiece, I think. Yeah, yeah, so don't be late. You know, if (laughs) if you're planning on going out there – at least get there for the first four innings because those are those are the guys you you need to know uh, of the guys who who pitched during this little uh, barnstorming tour of Texas, if you will. Yeah, uh, those those are the two, and uh, they've been pitching, I guess, the last couple of weeks on Friday, so they're going to be on their proper turn. It's their last time out uh, before they go into their <clears throat> off season stuff. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to rest for about a month and then start throwing in December. But right. Um, it, don't be late. Yeah. Don't be late. Okay. So tell me, what did you see? I can talk about things I saw. Who was any, was there anybody there that you looked at, saw and said, wow, okay, this guy or some, maybe somebody you didn't know, or this guy's living up to what I heard. Um, you know, who, who did you see that you liked or tell me something you saw? Sure. Uh, I, I think, you know, Aaron Zavala, just the patience he has at the plate and the strike zone judgment, you know, he, he won't yeah. count. Um, very, very good, you know, obviously has an advanced approach as uh, a, oh, yeah. a college hitter would. Um, so that was good. Um, I liked, uh, I, I thought Josh, Josh Steffen pitched well, pitching in front of the home crowd. 95. Uh, 95. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a big uptick from when he was in high school at, at South Grand Prairie. Uh, and, and then um, uh, 
Jojo Blackman, the the eleventh round pick this year, a little center fielder from from Pensacola, Florida, went to the same high school as uh, Emmett Smith. Uh, what uh, what is it? Uh, I, I don't want to stumble over it. it starts with an E. Escambia anyway. or something like that. Yeah, Escambia. That's okay. it. Okay. Um, he's known for his speed and his defense, but he took advantage of the wind and hit a couple balls out. Um, you know, I I don't. I don't know where this guy he's he's 18 might be 19 now if he had a birthday here over the summer i don't know but yeah a, a long road ahead of him but he he you know he he, he has done well and and really since uh, the the start of the the complex league he's he's opened some eyes yeah and i tell you what was uh, what what i found impressive about that guy first of all zavala what you were talking about zavala his plate presence he, even when they called a strike on him, the look he gave looking back at the umpire, this guy does not swing at bad pitches. He is trying to, I mean, he does have great plate selection. That was the maturest hitter I saw looking in there, even though he didn't get a hit. Yeah, I mean, he took yeah. it, he got he got the count deep every time. Right, and, you know, the good thing is guys like that, you know, they, you can wait, wait a guy out until he makes a mistake. Exactly. You know? and, and uh, there's nothing wrong with 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 taking a walk, as, as Joey Gallo, you know, showed this year. I know I know how many times he struck out and, yeah. and where he hit, but he also walked more than 100 times and was on base and scored a lot of runs. So um, now, I mean, they're in two, they're two entirely different players. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing those two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Joey's got probably six inches on him and, and 50 pounds, but. Uh, uh, Aaron's, Aaron's definitely got the hit tool on him, I would say. Yeah, yeah. He's more of a hitter than a than power. He's probably got some power. He had okay. a little bit there. As far as JoJo goes, so I, when I got there earlier, there were a couple other guys that I know. There was a guy from Baseball Perspective named Sam Hale. Uh, obviously, Tepid, some of you know that name. Uh, they were talking about it. So tell me, he, he, they, they say he's one of the fastest guys in the organization, if not the fastest. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, that looks good. So if he's on base, he's going to be stealing. Um, and let's see if he's going to, what, try some drag bunts or what he's going to do. And then he ends up hitting two out of the ballpark. So you got to be a little impressed with that going, okay, well, if you can run as fast as they say, and then he had a good pick in center field that they doubled up the guy on, that he was throwing home. They cut it off, and you got that on video. Yeah. That, go to the Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast and look at that video of the double play. He, yeah, and, and, you know, and if he, the, the, the Rangers, again, are, are pretty deep in certain, certain positions, and uh, center field looks to be one of them with, with – I, I know these are guys way at the lower levels, but, you know. Yeah. They count their depth, and there's a long way to go. But still, it's, it's part of the part of the rebuilding process. You rebuild your farm system when you get depth and you get quality depth. And uh, you know, just talking to a couple of guys out there, they really believe that they're the Rangers are almost there as far as move, moving moving this thing forward, moving the rebuild forward. You know, the tear down is done. The payroll's been stripped. Uh, players have been acquired. There's depth in the farm system, and now it's now now the next step is is, is getting players to put around them. So, Ab- absolutely, uh, that's, that kind of leads us into the, you know, what what might happen this offseason and the timing of all that. Exactly, and that and that's the part. There's look, you can talk about ownerships cheap. They don't spend money. The t- there's a time to spend money, and the time to spend money is when you have other currency, like you said, and that's a farm system. Then you bring in your players. It adds depth. For injuries, or do I need to go out and we're in this thing and we need a relief pitcher at the deadline, something like that? You've got to have something that people covet, or you're not going to be in on the top guys that might be moved in a deadline deal. Well, and if you look at the the 
the 2010, 11, uh, 12 teams, yeah. the, the 15 team and the 16 team, the Rangers traded away a lot of prospects. Yep. I mean, that's, that's kind of how they got into their current predicament, uh, you know, in 15 and 16, you know, what they did at 15 and 16 with the deals there. But, you, you know, whatever criticism you have on John, uh, of John Daniels, you cannot say that he does not go for it when he has a chance. You right. Know, 2010, we, we could spend a, a show talking about these moves. Um, but, you know, 2010, it started with Cliff Lee. Yeah. Uh, and they, they traded, they traded a, a, a big guy in that one. They traded Justin Smoke, you yep. know, and uh, Smoke turned out to have a nice little career. He was an all-star one year. So uh, they, they have a drafted talent, but a lot of it goes to other teams in these trades. And then B, again, John Daniels will make a trade at the, at the deadline. Yeah, and now that, that falls down to Chris Young. I know that John has got his hand in it, but, but Chris is doing it now. And I think that in the plan is for Chris to basically take that over. And kind well, of I, I, yeah, the way the, the way things work this year, um, uh, from my understanding that at, at the trade deadline, it coincided kind of with the draft pick signings as well. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of, they kind of split up those duties, but um, you know, it's not like they're working independent of each other, you know, no, they, yeah. they, you know, Hey, we've got this offer. What do you think about it? And just things like that. So um, yeah, I think there'll, there'll be, a, there'll become a time when, when, Chris Young can take off the floaties or whatever and then swim on his own without sinking. But John Daniels is going to be there and kind of, kind of there to sign off on, on, on the final moves. But yeah, this, this off season will be, um, it'll, it'll be a one, two, a one, two punch. And, and, you know, if you look at the successful organizations these days, a lot of them have gone to that structure. Yeah. Okay. So let's go past the, the, the instructs and let's go into the AFL. Uh, before we go into the calendar, because there are three guys, there's set, what are there, seven Rangers in the AFL playing for, uh, what is it, sir? Uh, Surprise Cigaros. Surprise Cigaros. And, uh, but there are three. Uh, these are, you, you have to take a look at these numbers. I mean, first of all, Ezekiel Duran, who was the, probably the, maybe the top rated prospect that came back in the Joey Gallo trade. Uh, yes. There were some good guys that came. Guys, he's leading the AFL, the all of the AFL in hitting. He's got a 464 average right now. He's got a 1.483 OPS. With he's only got one home run, four triples and four. Doubles. He's got 13 hits, four triples, four doubles. I mean, that's a way to open eyes, I guess. Yeah, I uh, I wrote I wrote about him last week on the Friday yeah. on the farm, and uh, what a what a really uh, good story. Nice kid. Uh, he. Uh, didn't sign until he was 18. He came from a, comes from a small town in the Dominican, which is uh, more toward Haiti. And he didn't have a well-known trainer, uh, which probably benefited him because when teams in the, the big trainers, if a guy doesn't sign at 16, they might give up on him. But, right. um, and Duran finally got his chance. He signed for 10,000. He said, all he wanted was a chance. It sounds like he would have signed for a thousand or, but uh, <laughs> a bag of balls. Yeah. But he, he, he worked, he works exceptionally hard. He has an incredibly good outlook, you know, he, and, and uh, yeah, he can hit. I mean, he's, he's impressed Michael Young for one. I, that was one of the guys I, I hit Michael on. Uh, he said Duran can really hit and uh, he's, he's shown some speed. Uh, he, he's, I think second base is probably where he's uh, a better player, uh, but he can play shortstop too. So um, again, that's, that's some, that's some depth. That's, that's quality depth, but he's, 
shoot, I think he's their number f- number five or six prospect, according to Baseball America. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? You know, his competition is guy that's going to join us later, Justin Foscue, yeah. who if you've seen what he's doing, he's, he's hitting 267 in the in, in AFL at, as of today, yeah. yeah, yeah, he didn't get any hits today, but not a uh, point. He's got a 988 OPS. He's got a couple of home runs. Hit one last night. Apparently, hit a bomb last night. Well, but, he, he's definitely got the power. And uh, you know, when I was doing my uh, report, uh, the chapter for the Prospect Handbook for Baseball America, uh, I mean, the the Rangers are talking 30 homers for this guy. Yeah, they they they, they see the, the 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 discipline at the plate and ability to barrel up a ball, um, understanding what pitchers are trying to do to him. Uh, you know, and, and even if he's just an average defensive player, uh, that's, that's a, that's a heck of an advantage to have on your team, a second baseman that can do that. So yeah, again, you know, he, he tore up Hickory. We'll talk to him about what happened in Frisco. Um, but, uh, he's just out there getting at bats, you know, the, he, he did miss a lot of time with a, a rib injury, uh, kind of a weird injury. He can describe it. Uh, but, they need him to catch up a little bit. Um, this, this is a, this is a good, uh, good chance for him to do that. And guys, it, it would surprise me, totally surprise me. I, I, you just assume, right, he's going to start at Frisco. I would think so, yeah, uh, with a chance to move quickly, you know, kind of let him get on a roll at Frisco and, and move up. Yeah. Uh, and there really isn't a rush this year, you know. Uh, no, the no, no, there's are, not. They're not expecting to – uh, make up uh, 40 games in the standings or whatever it was. So, but, you know, th- there could be a scenario in which 2003, they re- they really want to see him in the lineup because uh, we've, we've talked about what's going on at second base on earlier shows with yeah. some uncertainty there with Solak and is Ibanez the guy? How, how's that going to work out this year? Sure. And, and, you know, it's conceivable that they could, they could try to sign a guy. Who knows? But yeah. I, I would think that, that that position would be kind of on on hold this offseason to see what happens with Foscue uh, in 2022 and if he's ready to to step into a role in 2023. Absolutely. Okay, and the last guy in the Arizona Fall League before we get to the calendar. I, look, they, this this organization is very deep in pitching. For the first, I mean, I can't believe that's being uttered with the Texas Rangers, but this organization, Owen White, what a story coming back, but it, You've sure. seen those numbers. My gosh. Uh, yeah. Owen, 3-0, 1.2 ERA, 14 Ks in 15 innings. You probably, you know, but only five base on balls. But he's pitched 15 innings, and oh, my gosh. Owen Wyatt is uh, – he's won player of the week twice, has he, or just uh, once? Just once, but um, he'll, probably win it. he'll probably win it again. Um, you know, if you go back to his last start of the regular season, he took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Uh, he, he just – he's on a roll – he did have a little downtime before the start, but he pitched, he pitched an instructs just to keep the arm going. Right. Uh, he wants to get 30 innings this, uh, this fall. You, you might read some more about this tomorrow on the Texas Ranger on the uh, really? Jeff Lewis.substack.com <laughs> the fr- Friday on the farm. Um, hey, where can I get that again now? <laughs> yeah, Jeff Wilson.substack.com <laughs> okay. uh, 99 a month or $60 for the year. Yep. Uh, anyway. So we're going to, we're going to have a little, Owen White story up there, but you know, his velocity is up to 98. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's got four pitches. Uh, he's, he's probably, if, if you were to break these guys down into tiers, you'd have uh lighter Venasco win in one tier and then Owen White at the top of tier two, 
maybe trying to bust his way into tier one, yeah. you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's so weird to say that the Rangers have really good uh, minor league pitching depth and um, yes, it's fun. It is. Now he, he still hasn't pitched above low A. you know, the, the, sure, the, yeah. the fall league is above low A. There's yes, no it is. It's probably high double A. Uh, right in there. Yeah. Right, right there. Cause I mean, shoot, you know, there's a guy who played in the major leagues who, who's in the league. Uh, Lars Dutbar uh, played for the Cardinals this this season, so he he's he's in the Sam Huff, Glenn, the Glendale team. So anyway, there there and there are AAA guys, uh, Spencer Torkelson, who's one of the top prospects in baseball, is yes. out there. So yeah. so yes, there's quality competition, and, and this is a really good test for for Owen, and he's uh, uh, passing with flying colors so far. Okay. That's that's the minor league stuff, guys. I want to get into the winter calendar. This is about to all start to go. We, we have started the World Series. We're one and one in the series. Uh, heading out, nothing tonight. They're going to start back tomorrow. They're going to be in Atlanta. Um, the very If this game goes, if this series goes seven games, the very last game that would be played this year would be November 4th. That's the last day of baseball. So, the last day of, day of baseball is November 4th. Tell me what's next. Well, Okay, if if if, it's, if we're basing it on the fourth, yes. Uh, for, as soon as the, the as soon as the last out is made in the World Series, everybody who's going to be a free agent becomes a free agent. Okay. Now they have they have to wait five days until after the World Series before they can start negotiating with all of their teams, but okay. they become free agents. Uh, the the teams uh, have five days to uh, decide. On, on options, you know, team options and, right. and have to decide to. Um, and then also within that five days, teams have to decide which players they're going to extend qualifying offers to. Uh, the Rangers aren't going to have anybody that's going to get an offer this year. Uh, yeah, I was about but, to say, they don't have anybody, yeah. But players they want to sign are likely to get them. And that, and that becomes a big deal uh, because if the players, they have 10 days to accept or decline the qualifying offer, if they decline and become free agents and then sign, say the Rangers sign Trevor story, and he had received a qualifying offer from the Rockies and declined it, the Rangers would have to uh, surrender some draft pick compensation, uh, which in this case would be their second highest pick. So, okay. um, the, you know, it's the, I don't know. It's probably maybe it's a necess- it's a necessary evil, I guess, having draft pick compensation. Uh, the qualifying offers are something that the players association does not like. I wouldn't be surprised. Understandably, if yeah. If it doesn't surprise, if it doesn't survive uh, the, the next CBA. round of, of yeah. the CBA, because uh, you know it has it has really impacted a lot of players. Um, so anyway, that's that's the first thing. All right, that's that's kind of the the free agency window. Um, you know, they start handing out awards on, on the week of the eighth. Uh, they go, I think, r- rookie Monday, then manager, rookie manager, Cy Young, MVP, uh, November fifteenth. Uh, the Hall of Fame ballot might be announced. I think somewhere around there. The nineteenth is another big day. It's the day that uh, you have to set the forty-man roster. So that's the day when the Rangers will be adding. <clears throat> Uh, minor leaguers who they don't want to lose in the rule five draft. There are a bunch of them as we, as we've discussed yes. in a couple episodes, um, they can't, they're not going to be able to protect them all. That's just, they're, they're going to have to choose which guys they, they fear would get lost. I'm assuming that they will protect uh, Duran 
and, and protect the NASCO. Uh, there are many others. Don't, don't be insulted to anybody. If I'm, I'm leaving them off, don't get mad. There's such a long list. That yeah, there's a lot. I want to spit them out. Uh, Cole Reagan's there's one more. All right, I'm done. Uh, and then, and then December 1st is the non-tender deadline, uh, which is, is usually a pretty busy day. Uh, it's when you can, uh, you decide that you don't want to give a guy who's arbitration eligible, a contract for, for uh, the next season. And and you make him a free agent and the Rangers have, have some of those guys, uh, eventually this year. Uh, so then you roll into the winter meetings on, on the 5th. Uh, through the ninth and that assumes there is not a lockout or a player strike right uh, and then and then it just kind of the off season until uh i think uh there, yeah january 14th january 14th is when you uh, exchange uh contract figures with with salary arbitration eligible players who you haven't yet reached agreement with um the rangers as we know, haven't gone to a hearing since 1999 when Lee Stevens beat him. Uh, so John Daniels has never been to a hearing. They've come close. They almost went with Mitch Moreland a few years ago. They were actually in Arizona uh, at a hotel getting ready to go to trial the next day when they reached agreement with, with Mitch. So, um, yeah. Um, and then, then that's it. And then you roll into spring training. Ta-da. Let's go. Yep. Richard, uh, pitchers and catchers report. Uh, when do they report the – first of february right around there it'll be, it'll be probably about the 15th this year 14th or 15th they haven't announced it yet uh uh the first game i think is the 26th of february so you figure probably roll back at least 10 days uh to give pitchers time to get get a little bit built up so uh i would say somewhere around there um and, uh, and that's and then opening day is is March thirty first. Now, now February or November 9th is the GM's meeting uh, that they had. What is that exactly? Uh, they're they're they kind of it's it, the GM's go and get together and uh, drink a beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a lot of it. They have meetings, um, talk about you know rule changes, proposals that they they want to see or make, and they have committees and things like that. But it's kind of you know, it, it's kind of a big deal. And then that's where some uh, free agent talk and trade talk can kind of uh, you know, get off the ground. You know, agents are always there. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there are bars at these hotels where they have them. And, and yes, the, the, they, they do drink at the bar and, and get to talking. So um, that, so it, it's, it, it is kind of a, uh, a important from that regard. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to go this year. They're kind of a, they can be a waste of time. Um, and now it's but, not worth it. If you're trying to budget yeah, on travel. Yeah. You want to, you yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah. Working on a smaller budget here for the time being, we're going to, we're going to save our money for the winter meetings and spring training, but uh, absolutely. That, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, that's what GM meetings are. Okay. Well, you know what, with that being said, um, you know what um, you and I now have talked to, to Chris Young. That's somebody that we've been trying to get on. Um, obviously there's things going on right now. Uh, I know you've been, back and forth with him. I happened to catch him on my way out of DBU, kind of talked to him a sec, and he said, yeah, he's been talking to you, and he's like, guys, I'm coming on. I am going to come yeah. on. He's just – he's in – I don't know. He acts like he's busy. But <laughs> but uh, that that's great, and that's going to be a fun one. You know, I, I can't wait to have him on. And I that's a guy you trust him. And when he's saying, I am going to come on, he's going to come on. It's just a matter of finding a little time. Yeah, you know, this is his first full offseason. Sure, and, uh, yeah. He didn't come on until – early December last year. So 
um, he hasn't had to go through all of this. Um, yeah. You know, hiring and, and, you know, dismissing coaches or staff and uh, going through the pro scouting meetings and the planning process for uh, targeting free agents and trades. So it's uh, it, it, it is busy. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got a family that he, he likes to see over there in Dallas. And, and you know, he, he had a son out there um, at, at, at Dallas Baptist the other night. And, yep. You know, apparently, apparently the kid likes, likes baseball and likes to watch. So, yeah. um, you know, a lot, a lot of nothing you can fault a guy for, you know, and, and we're, we're very patient. And when he gets the time, we'd love to have him on. I wonder how, I, I, I wonder how old his, his, his kid was. If he was, if he's Henry's age, he has got daddy's height because he was a tall kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming he's a little bit older than Henry, who's nine, but, um, I can look that up here in our handy dandy. <laughs> I tell you what, it, but but I will tell you this: if you ever heard the name Greg Ostertag, uh, yeah, I know the great. I know, I know. You went to high school with him, right? No, I umpired oh, his sure. games. He's a lot younger than me. His mother and father were friends of mine. Greg Ostertag played was good at baseball, and his dad was a six foot nine umpire all through high school and college he did high school and college games and i worked for them umpiring games back then when i was about 18 19 years old uh greg was six foot eight in eighth grade pitching and you imagine on those little 55 foot you know things where he was i mean he didn't throw hard but it was hard because he was basically letting go from you know right here to there is all he was doing uh but uh I, I just know. So when I say a tall kid like that, uh, Chris is what six ten. Uh, that 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 kid, he looked tall. I was just wondering, guy, if he's Henry's age, that's going to be a tall one. For the record, Chris has uh, three kids: a daughter, Catherine, and son, Scott and Grant. So I don't know which one was out there, but he's a good sized lad. He was a good sized lad. It, you know, he could have been twelve or thirteen, and then then he's about the right size. I mean, we yeah. don't we don't know exactly how tall mom is. Okay, you know what? Let's go to Justin right now. We'll get Justin on here, and then we'll close this thing down. All right, joining us right now from Arizona, where he is playing in the Arizona Fall League. It's the 2020 first-round draft pick, number 14 overall. Uh, he's the number four prospect in the Rangers organization. We know him as infielder Justin Foscue. Justin, thanks for joining us, bud. Yeah, guys, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I'm, real quick, I've got one guy I'm going to give a shout-out. I, I never do this. He's one of my good buddies. He is a Mississippi State alum. And the night that you were drafted, he texted me. He knew I covered the Rangers. And he goes, this guy's going to be great. And I had heard of Justin Bosque. I didn't follow your stats yet. But he said, you've got to tell him, Hail State. What's what do you, what's the answer to that? Hail State. Hail State back, baby. All Hail right. State, that's, that's there you go, saying. James. I'm not doing that for everyone, but James, a good friend, a big Mississippi State alum, and boy, he was touting you. He was excited to know you were coming on. There you go. <laughs> oh man. So, so uh, how how are things in Arizona? I know you said it was a tough day at the office today, but otherwise, how are things going? Things are fun, man. The guys are great. Um, coming to the park every single day with guys from different you know different teams. It's it's a fun atmosphere to be around because. I think the whole the whole purpose of the fall league is to just get more at bats, play more baseball, and improve yourself as a player. Um, and um, everybody has that same goal. So, um, you know, coming to the park every single day with that mindset, with all the guys, um, and just playing every single day, it's just been a lot of fun. The weather's great. Um, you can't complain about the weather. So, twelve thirty games I like. 
um, you know, you get back and you have the rest of the rest of the day to yourself. So, um, yeah, it's been great. Good. Um, you know, you're, you're not staying in the village though, right? You're, you, no, I'm not staying in the village. I'm, I'm, yeah, I got, a, I got a family friend that lives around here. So they let okay. me stay at their place. So, nice. um, nice. it's a good setup. Good deal. Yeah. Um, now the day I was there last week, you guys had like a Tuesday off day or something. Yeah. It was a weird week. We had Tuesday yeah. off, Sunday off. Yeah. They, they, they thought you might be out playing golf. Did you out and play? No. So I went out and played golf the previous Sunday on the off day and I probably shot like a 140. I haven't played golf in like a year and a half. <laughs> um, I didn't have my own club. So I had to buy clubs at the course, of course. Um, and I did what I wasn't happy about that. Um, they didn't went out them? and first, no, I rented them, but I'm saying like, I was hoping I could just go up and play with my buddies. Oh, okay. You know, but I got to spend $80 to go play 18 holes and I know I'm not going to be good. <laughs> so, well, you know, first point. hole, I got the slice in my drive. I got the slice in my drive. I hit it right down the fairway cause I played the uh, slice pretty well. Um, next shot, you know, I hit it up there close to the green on the, in the uh, rough and then I'm like 20 30 feet from the hole I just got to chip it chip you know hit it on the green and then put it in well I'd yank it into the desert <laughs> so you know I, just, I was like oh god this is gonna be a long day I might be here for six hours if I can't figure it out so that's my style those desert courses I I remember this is I mean this is a long time ago I'm kind of dating myself but uh Kevin Millwood was still on the team and he was at uh, Vistancia, which is just kind of, I don't know, a little bit of 20 minutes from the ballpark. And he came up to me the next day after playing and he showed me his phone. His ball had landed six inches from a rattlesnake. Oh my gosh. And I, and I, yeah. I was like, I was like, I wouldn't even come near it. He, I said, did you just drop? He goes, no, I hit it. I was like, what, are you crazy? And he was like, he was yeah, like, I had, to be, I had to be careful. I had to be careful because I, I had plenty of shots in the desert and deep grass where I had to, like, look out in case there was a little rattlesnake yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, Mill was a great golfer. He said he buried the hole. But, uh, man, no thank you. No, no thank you. Yeah, I'm dropping. I'm picking it up and I'm dropping. I'm not even dro- I'm not even picking it up. I'm leaving. I'm probably leaving with my with a wet spot in my pants too. I mean, I'm <laughs> terrified. Yeah. Or you're hitting from there if your buddies are telling you, hey, you got to play it where it lies. You know, you, he's got his buddies with him. They're going to give him crap. We know how yeah, that I goes. I guess it depends on how much money is in, is on the line. <laughs> That's <too>. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, luckily I wasn't, you know, betting any money on golf, so. <laughs> you know better. <laughs> no. All right, so your, your season, just a quick recap uh, for people who might have wondered what happened to you in May and June. Um, what happened to you in May and June? You had the, you, it was classified as a rib injury, but you, you explained it to me as it was a little bit more than that. Yeah. I mean, so I got, I got banged up the first two weeks. I got hit by a pitch multiple times. I think I got hit in the ribs twice. Um, I get hit in the ribs one, one day. And then, you know, the next morning, like I feel fine, you know, like it, it wasn't bothering me. And then the next week comes around and, I'm hitting early work and I like feel a sharp pain swinging just like my fifth or sixth swing of the day. And I feel a sharp pain and I'm like, all right, I've never felt that before. I'm going to swing again, just in case I was like a one-time thing. And I swung again. I felt it a lot more. And I kind of, I just shut it down after that. You know, I'm like, I was like, I don't know what this is. This might be an oblique injury. Um, so I just kind of shut it down, played it safe, 
and it didn't get any better. Like it didn't, it kind of just stayed there. It didn't get any better. It didn't get worse, but it kind of just stayed the same. And obviously got all the scans and stuff and nothing showed up on the scans, like nothing. And we were all kind of like concerned, like, well, what's going on? And it ended up coming down like three or four weeks later, we figured we kind of went on it. We went and saw a spine specialist and he said that I think one of my nerves got irritated in there. And whenever I'd swing, I'd feel that and it hit that nerve yeah. and light it. And I, I couldn't, that's why I could, I'd feel that sharp pain when I'd swing. And I ended up getting a couple shots in my ribs and then that just cleared it up. Um, so I, I think the, just, it just messed up my nerve, that hit by pitch. Um, it just, I guess the bruising or something that irritated the nerves yeah. and uh, yeah, that's, that's basically what happened. It wasn't an oblique thing. It wasn't like a, a rib thing. I think it was just something with the nerves. All right. Kind of a freak deal. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm getting, it's, yeah, it's a really weird deal. And like, I just, I never, you know, I've never heard of anything like that before. So everybody was kind of just weirdly concerned. Was he trying to back you off or just lose it? <laughs> The pitcher, they just yeah, they just like I said, I got banged up the like six, seven times the first two and a half weeks, and I was just like, like I don't even stand on the plate, so yeah, um, we have an open stance. So. I, don't, I don't know. Hmm. Well, all right, so you you get back to Hickory and you tear it up, and and then and then you you go to Frisk, you get your promotion to Frisco. How how was the Frisco experience for you? Yeah, it was great. Obviously, I struggled a little bit, but it, just getting called up and, you know, that was a relief because obviously that was the the goal going into the season. Um, I get called up and just to be with those, those guys that I, a lot – I played with a lot of them at the alternate site last year. Um, not to say the guys in Hickory weren't my age because some of them were my age, but just like that um, – like I knew all the guys in double-A more than I did in high-A, so – um, when I got there, it was just – I felt a lot more comfortable being around those guys every single day. Um, and it was just – it was fun, you know, like it, coming to the park every single day with those guys. It's fun. Yeah. And, then, and I mean, there is – I mean, you you made it to your junior year in college, um, didn't play last year, so your first pro season, you're what, 23, 22, 23? Yeah, you're not 18 or 19. You might, you might have had some teenagers on your roster. I mean, and that – you know. Yeah. That's a big difference. I mean, and, and – you know, the, the the thing I equated to, and this is kind of terrible, is um, when I covered TCU, um, I was doing a story on a freshman golfer who was like this really good golfer. And he was playing with, as the number one golfer, with the BYU number one golfer, who was 26. <laughs> and so we had this 18-year-old and this 26-year-old. I mean, it's it's physic. It's a big physical difference. It's a big maturity difference. So I I get it. I and and being comfortable is such a big deal in baseball, and I'm sure it is golf. But um, I can I I get where you're coming from. Being around guys that are your age, and you, you know, and probably allow you to get comfortable and, and feel good. You're just being on the same wavelength. Like that's the main thing. Like obviously, high school guys are a little bit more immature than college guys, and you can tell. You can see that within five minutes of talking to them. Yeah. Um, so just that comfortability, just being with the guys my age, it's just I feel more comfortable around those guys. Yeah, and there's good there's there's good ball played at high, but it was obvious you you 
you did what you needed to do at high. You needed to leave high. You need to be in double A. You were tearing it up there. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think a lot of people are going to question me on this, but I honestly didn't see that big of a difference between double A and high A. I think I just didn't execute what I needed to execute. You can you can make a lot of excuses on why you struggle, why you're doing good, um, but I think as like a hitter, there are things you need to, you know, be in charge of in that bat. And um, it's not that the double A pitching was way better than the high A pitching. It's just I didn't execute the way I wanted to in double A as much as I did in high A. And obviously that comes with confidence. When I was going on that hot streak, I was very confident. Yeah, And then once you start to struggle a little bit, you start to question yourself um, and you lose that a little bit. So, um, but yeah, to answer your question, obviously high A, you're getting a little bit more fastballs, I would say, um, and advantage counts. Um, but it, there was some good arms in high A. I would, like, Greensboro had a staff. Um, you look up, I think five of their guys on their staff were like, they, they should have been in a double A. Like all of them should have been a double A at least. Um, so there were some good teams with good arms. Well, the Rangers are a team that all of a sudden has good arms. What you, you, you saw some of them, you were up close with some of them, uh, spring training with some of them. Where would you, where would you rate the, the, the Rangers pitching that you saw this year in the minors? Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't compare them to any team. Cause obviously I didn't face our guys, you know, consistently, um, but what I'd noticed like out of our guys is they were just attacking the zone um, with conviction. And when you get ahead in the count, I know this as a hitter, when I'm behind in the count, it's not, it's not a comfortable at bat. Um, and I think that's when our guys were successful. Um, but just when they pound the zone and they're on the attack, the other team's kind of like on defense mode. And that's when you see a lot of strikeouts from, from teams. And um, that's why some of our guys had really good years is because when they were hot, they, just attack the zone and we just play good defense behind them yeah I mean, it just the, the whole system is such a it was a good year for the system and yeah the rangers have, have said that you know if there had been baseball last year what happened this year would have happened last year but uh, i mean you know you, you know the names you know the guys you know them pretty darn well um what's it like to be part of a group like that i mean you know you're a rebuilding team the rangers are rebuilding and you're, you're looked at as being a, a big piece going forward. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's – I think I think the culture that we we created kind of like that, – like that's the whole kind of our purpose right now is create, it, create our identity as a system and organization um, coming up and that winning culture that they, you know, they preach to us. Um, it – I, I mean, I'd probably say this later on, on this interview, but a guy, a guy told me this year, you know, everything you're doing now is to prepare yourself for the big leagues. It's like, it ultimately doesn't matter how you do in high A, low A, triple A. Like what, what you're doing now is to get yourself better to play in the big leagues and ultimately play in the world series. So I think that changed my mindset on a lot of things this year, but I think a lot of guys kind of have that, uh, mindset with it's kind of like a rebuilding rebuilding culture so we need to get better as a group to play in the big leagues and then to ultimately play in the world series so i think that's that's a good mindset to have just coming up in the system trying to get better every single day 
Does, does internal competition help you get better? Like now that Ezekiel Duran's in the system, uh, there are other guys that can play your position, second base. You said internal competition? Yeah, internal competition. Like, like guys within the system who might be pushing you, do you or you know, you guys push each other, I guess. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, me and Zeke were, were helping each other today, you know, at the infield. Like you can you can take it one or two ways. You can either take it as like, oh, like I got competition. Like I like I want him to fail. I want me to do good. Like, but that that's kind of like the wrong mindset to have. Like I had this mindset going into Mississippi State, like you want to be the best, like you got to compete with the best. You got to, you got to come to work every single day to get better. Um, and I think a lot of guys have that mentality. Um, so competition is good. It's, it's what makes an organization good. Um, and ultimately like, you know, if three or four infielders are really good at a time, well, that leaves the train, the Rangers trade pieces. So it's, it's, you're helping yourself out and you're also helping the organization out or wherever you go, right. wherever you end up. It's, you got to have a good positive outlook on it because like if you have a negative outlook, well, you know, I want that dude to do bad and I want my dude, my, myself to do good. Well, that's, you're not going to get far doing that because in the big leagues, you're going to have to keep getting better right. as well. So. So yeah. it's always trying to take your job. That's yeah, absolutely. That's just something that. that it's, it's, it's fun. It's, you gotta be, res, it's gotta be respectful competition. Sure. Like obviously I want myself to do good. I want, I want Zeke to do good because hopefully me and Zeke are playing in the big leagues together one day. Yeah. So um, it's just, you gotta be, you gotta be respectful to everybody in the organization. That's a good guy right there. Ezekiel. I mean, he, I, I talked, I did talk to him last week. What a great story. Just, just a good guy. And, and I've said this a thousand times on these podcasts and I think I even said it to you, this organization is just full of good people. Like good. the players are good people. And good I think dudes. that's part, part of the, part of the culture you're talking about too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to, that's going to take us to the world series one day. Like it's, it's definitely like, it doesn't take, like it, you can be very talented system, but like when the guys mesh and they're good people, that takes you a long, a long way. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got what, three more weeks out there. And then uh, what what are your off season plans? Yeah. So three weeks here, I'll go back to Nashville um, for probably like, half a week obviously go home to Huntsville Alabama for Thanksgiving um and then back to Nashville that's where I have a, an apartment and I'll train there all December all January and then the first two weeks of February before I have to report um so my agent's got a place there he's got a good facility and that's where I trained last off season um so that's my plan just stay in Nashville do you do you train with any other pro pro guys I mean I Vanderbilt obviously is in Nashville, and I, I don't know if you run into those guys or if they they hunker down they hunker down at Vanderbilt. That's but, SEC right there, yeah, man. That's competition. Lot, there are a lot of baseball players in Nashville. Yeah, so our our facility's got a really good group group of guys like um, like Brent Rooker who played at Mississippi State, um, Jake Berger who's in the White Sox organization, Kevin Smith who's in the Blue Jays, Elijah Dunham with the Yankees, like um, yeah. Ryan Noda with the Dodgers, like a lot of young guys that are really good that really nobody knows about yet. But uh, it's all my agents, clients, and um, we, you know, it's a great atmosphere to compete in every single day. So, um, yeah, like it's, 
I wish I had more time with it last year, but then I had to report early. But I'm excited to have the entire December and January and then a couple weeks in February, hopefully, um, to, you know, yeah. get better. Yeah, Nashville's not a bad place to be. Uh, could, no, time. it's a good spot. Yeah, it's a good spot. A good, absolutely. Um, speaking of Nashville and Vanderbilt, uh, you never got the face lighter, correct? Because the, the I did not get the face lighter. Yeah, I did not get the face lighter. We were, you know, that was my junior year, his sophomore or freshman year. Yeah. Um, and then the COVID hit, and we never got the SEC play. So, would, would the 2020 Mississippi State Bulldogs have won the College World Series like the 2021 Bulldogs? You know, I'm going to go ahead and say we, that we were. <laughs> like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just, I, I, that's a hard topic to talk about. Not really, but, you know, I, um, we had a really good team 2020, but everybody else did too. So, yeah. Well, I mean, the SEC is, Tough and getting tougher. Survival of the fittest, and yeah, and that makes you better for the tournaments or the tournament regionals. I mean, it's hey, we played it out right. We lost. We went zero and two in Hoover, and we set ourselves up right for the regional and super. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, Speaking of Mississippi State, your your football coach who I've had a couple of interactions with in, in my days. Um, good. You know, I have no, no, no issues with Mike Leach. He's, he, he broke down Halloween candy. I don't know if you saw this or not. I think I saw a little clip of it. <laughs> he hates candy corn, which I understand, but he likes nerds and there's something else that he gets at the dollar store for crying out loud. And then he said his favorite chocolate is almond joy. How do you how do you break down Halloween candy? Seeing that seeing that this technically is the Halloween episode. Um, I'm not a big candy corn fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to defend that. I I'm trying to think of. I haven't gone trick or treating in forever. So, uh, <laughs> but I like Reese's. I'm looking at over here, and there's some Reese's. Um, I like Airhead Extremes. Those are really good. Oh, those are good. Um. Snickers, I mean, Snickers, yeah. trying to think. I'm trying to think. If y'all name some, I could probably rate it. What's <laughs> an Airhead Extreme? Is that like sour? It's like, it's like an, you know how like there's different flavors of Airheads? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. it's all of them in combined one Airhead. Oh. Oh, wow. We used to call, those, we used to call that a, su- a, a suicide. And, and when, it, when it was yeah. drinks. Yeah, with your drinks. <laughs> Get all the Cokes in there. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, I mean, I'm going to try these yeah, Airhead okay. Extremes. No, they're good. Oh man, I'm a I am a sweet tart guy, so that's a, I thought I love Airheads, so I haven't heard of I thought I'd heard of Extreme till you just explained it, and I said I'm thinking of something different, so I, I'm now I've got to go find them. Um, well, the uh, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm, I we we've got our we got our bowl of candy for for Sunday, even though we won't be here. We'll just put it out front, and the first kid will probably take it all. But yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, surprise is an older community. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they have trick or treaters. I mean, it's a it's a big city. There's 120,000 people, but I'm guessing like in Sun City West, they don't even bother to buy candy. I don't know. There's 120,000. Yeah, surprise is big, man. And surprise, yeah, surprise. Like I'm big. driving on these roads, and I'm like, where do all these people live? Yeah, they all <laughs> live in Sun City West. Like, and then uh, you know they started moving like south of the ballpark, like Cactus and. Uh, Waddell, they have neighborhoods over there. But yeah, I mean, surprises when when the Rangers first moved there, I think they had like 40,000 people. 
So that was like two, that was 2000 and what, John, four, three, four? Yeah, yeah. it was back right yeah, after. Yeah, it was after they, early you know, 2000. They have, they have multiple high schools. I mean, it's, they have, they have multiple orange theories. So, I mean, that, you know, that's my kind of place right there. It's a good, it's a good little town. I, the hardest part about it is trying to find a place for spring training. Like my, my relative here can't during spring training, but like, that's the hardest part. You know, everything, all the prices raise, shoot up and it's just, I'm like yeah. I'm looking at the options on Airbnb and like, there's not many options. And then I see all these cars driving around. I'm like, where, where the hell do all these people live? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Well, I think, I think now they're probably starting to come back. You know, because you got the snowbirds that come there mm-hmm. just in the winter time to avoid their terrible winters in Michigan and everything. Oh yeah, I mean you'll see license plates from all over the place in, in spring training. It's nuts, but yeah. I mean, I, surprise has really warmed on me. I mean, I've I did the I've, I've calculated I've probably spent more than a year of my life there since I've been covering the team. And well, I've uh, spent I've spent more time here than you <laughs> in less than two years of the Rangers. <laughs> well. Anyway, I, I mean, I've, I've got my spots that I go to. They know me. I know them. I mean, it's it's all right. Uh, you know, if, right you, if you want to go trick-or-treating, you're still in the uniform. Go walking around there. You'll, you know, just dress up as a baseball player. you get some trick-or-treating done. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, listen, yeah. I, I want to get into some fun stuff here. Jeff, do you have anything else? No. I, that's all the fun I've got in me for the day. I okay. Think. Well, my, my part's always the fun part. Okay. You're from, <laughs> you're from Grissom High School, right? Alabama. Yes, sir. That's where you yep. went. Hey, you know that you know that one, right? Gus Grissom, one of the original uh, Mercury Seven astronauts. Is that who that's named after? Yeah, yeah, Virgil Grissom. No kidding. Huh. Okay, I didn't know that. Did yeah. you play any other sports, or are you just a baseball guy? I played basketball my freshman year on the freshman team, and I lost about fifteen pounds during the season, like the basketball season. Right. And like, I was like, you know what? If I want to you know, put on some muscle, put on some mass to hit, you know, for slugging and baseball. I can't play basketball anymore. So I'd, I'd stop playing after my freshman year and just fully focused on baseball. Okay. So you go to MSU, which is a, I mean, for a long time, a very well-respected baseball program. That means that you were good. So who else made offers to you? Who else did you have a choice between before settling on MSU? The only other SEC team was Alabama. And then they had some mid-major, mid-major schools in Alabama that offered me. Um, but my dream was playing the SEC, so it came down between Alabama and Mississippi State. Now, did you grow up an Alabama fan being from Alabama? No, I kind of bounced back and forth from whoever was winning. My, my dad went to Georgia Tech. My mom went to the junior college in North, New York. So I would, it's not like I grew up, you know, full a, Alabama, full Auburn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I kind of, I didn't, yeah. The, to answer your question, no, I was not an Alabama fan. Okay. And so now a big MSU fan. And so, uh, all right, well, that's, that's pretty neat. Now, did, let me ask you this guys that, uh, that are great athletes like you that end up playing college ball, they're, they're great. They're one of the best players on their high school team. Did you pitch at all? Pitch my freshman or eighth grade year on the freshman team. But that was it. You said, I'm not but a pitcher. I'm not a pitcher. But that was it. Okay. No, I think I think the coach decided that. I'd throw up there and it'd be like seventy five. <laughs> and they said, Yeah, pitching is not for you. So yeah. we need your bat. Okay. Okay. Now now COVID shut down the draft your year that you got drafted. So I remember we all talked to you on a Zoom call. Looked like you were having some party wherever you were, uh, the night yeah. of the draft. Had COVID not happened, were your were your plans to go to MLB studios and be there, or were you still gonna be wherever you were? 
You're saying for the draft? Yeah, say COVID wasn't around. Did you think you would have gone to MLB Studios? You were a first-round pick. Uh, you were projected anywhere from where you were into the maybe 30. So well, we would have been in the College World Series, and the MLB draft was in Omaha. Oh, so to okay. answer your question, we would be in Omaha. And then, yeah, <laughs> I'd probably be, you know, invited to whatever that was in Omaha because I'd probably have, like, the guys that were projected that in that area come to the studios for the draft. So, that may be yeah, the- I'd be there. That may be the greatest answer yet. We would have been in the College World Series, so, I mean, that, during the draft. That's that's a great answer. Okay, I always end it on a fun one. I call this the home run game. I've done this for years. You're going to talk about three home runs in your life, okay? I'm a guy that hit one home run my whole career, so I obviously remember it. You've hit many of them, pro, college, high school, probably below. What is the first home run you ever hit over a fence? How old were you, and do you remember it? Mm. Uh, I mean, I probably was like nine or 10. Okay. In Alabama? Like, like in Alabama. Yeah. I was just like one, like a travel ball tournament. Okay. And you're talking about like that, right? Right. Over a fence where you hit one over, over a fence. Yeah. Yeah. Just probably 10 years old in a travel ball tournament. Okay. Now, most memorable. That could be from travel ball all the way up to pro, like a walk-off grand slam or the walk-off, maybe an SEC walk-off, something like that. What's your most memorable home run you've ever hit? Um, and if you got a couple, name them both. I would say – I would – I'm trying to think. The two most memorable home runs I've ever hit were in college, um, and it was – I hit a grand slam against um, – trying to think of the team it's a green mid-major school like two um, but was it Tulane? yeah it was Tulane. Tulane what's yeah Tulane was a it was a mid midweek game and this was when i was like starting to really hit and i hit a grand slam and i was like all right like like i can do this kind of thing like that's that that was a swing um you know the crowd was going crazy and stuff so um and then the other one was against lsu um, it was my second at bat of the night and the first at bat I struck out on an inside pitch that was a little bit off the plate and I was frustrated because the blues told me it was off the plate and I'm like, well, hold on now. Like the, that's a ball. So the next at bat, I get in a two strike count and he, I'm like, all right, he's probably going to throw me inside again. And he threw me one up and in and like, it was probably the most impressive home run I've ever hit. And I just like turned on it and it was a, it was a home run and like, it was like a three run home run. And I was like, you know, this is sick. Like this is sec against LSU. Yeah. Crowd was going crazy. And I was like, this is a, like, that was awesome. You know what I'm saying? And like, that was probably, that was probably the most memorable one I've had. Okay. Last one, the longest, what's the one you barreled the moment you hit it, you do it. And it had to be the longest one you hit. Oh, uh, so I'm not hitting 515 foot home runs like Huff. Yeah, I know that. Um, <laughs> not many people do that. So, so this is like, I have like two that kind of went the same distance. One was during the fall league. I hit one dead center, and I think it went like 452 or something. But, and like I hit that, I'm like, that's all I got. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I crushed that. It hit the batter's but eye, right? I, yeah. So, George Kirby comes in during spring training, and this dude's throwing 100. Like he's sitting 98 to 102 and he's striking out everybody. He strikes me out on a 92 mile an hour changeup in my first at bat. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, 
okay, what's going on here? So then I get in like a two strike count the next at bat and I like, he throws a hundred mile an hour fastball like above my head and I just like tomahawk it. And like, it only went 451. I'm sitting there like, I got that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's supposed to go 500 feet. Why isn't that going 500 feet like huffs? Um, but I think that's like the furthest home run I've hit. Kind of like, did you hit one uh, last that's all night? I, got. I don't know why. I hit one um, here recently. Was it last night or the night before? It was two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah, I saw the, the, the ago, little yeah. videos, the player development puts on. I saw. I, I do have one more. All right. Hold something up. Can, can you can you see that, or is the reflection too bad? That's pretty bad. No, I see it. I see it. How about over here? Anyway, it's Justin Foskey's rookie card. So do you, do you collect your own baseball cards? Do you have your own baseball cards? Um, or I have mom? a few of mine. I have a few of mine. That's going to um, be pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's cool, I guess. But, you know, like I, like Tops, you know, Tops and Panini give you some once you sign them and stuff. So I have a couple of them. But, like, it's not, you know, when relatives and, and stuff ask, them, ask for them, like, I'm – I'm happy to give it to him. Give him. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. I always wondered about that because we'll see the tops guys come in during spring training and you sign your little contract and everything. But uh, I don't, I don't know if guys go nuts about it or like, I think Adrian Beltre has them just because it's someone, you know, that, that type of thing. But I, I'll tell I, you what I am doing is I really like during spring training, I started collecting baseballs of, <laughs> since I was around the big leaguers, I was, I was asking them to sign like a, a big league ball on the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And like, I really want to just, have a tro- um, trophy you know, room. One, yeah, like a trophy room with all the, like all the baseballs of, you know, guys I was in the locker room with or played with that are in the big leagues, you know, maybe one day I have like 300 to 400 baseballs of guys that like I played with that are in the big leagues or something like something like that. It just kind of be a cool thing to show off. Um, <laughs> I've kind of started doing that this year. That's cool. No, I agree. I'd, I'd have a, I'd have one too. I'd do something like that for sure. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Is that it? That's all I got. You only going to ask anything about Mississippi State winning the national championship? I did. Well, yeah. I, mean, well, <laughs> you, I kind of did. So where were? Hey, let me ask you this. Yeah, where were you at when all that was going on? I know you had to be going nuts. Where were you? I was in rehab. I was in Arizona. Were you giving so, everybody crap? I was hoping you're going to ask me how I felt about it. Well, I know well, you. It, it, we kind of alluded to it earlier. How did you feel about it? Justin? Yeah, yeah. How did you feel about Mississippi State <laughs> winning the College World Series? Yeah. So, <laughs> it throughout the whole regionals and you know, super regionals. I'm talking to my buddy. We're playing Call of Duty. I'm like, yo, this would be sick. Like, if we win the whole thing. Like, it's going to, like, I think we got a chance kind of thing. And, like, they get to the, you know, the College World Series and, like, we're, like, locked in every single pitch. You know, they played really well. So, it was yeah. kind of, like, on the edge of your, edge of your seat kind of watching all the games. And they get to the finals and I'm like, yo, this will be so sick if they win, like, the first ever whatever. And then they win it and I'm, like, I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, like, I see them celebrate, and then, like, I see the guys' Snapchat stories. Like, you got Dak Prescott coming in the locker. I'm, like, watching it on Snapchat and just <laughs> watching all the highlights. And I'm sitting there like, I really missed out on all of this by one year. Yep. Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, and I'm telling my buddy, like, I'm kind of jealous. 
like I like obviously I wanted them to win, but like if they didn't win, it would kind of be like, okay, like I didn't miss anything kind of thing. Yeah. But like they won it and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Bittersweet. But like obviously it was bittersweet. Like obviously it's the super happy for all those guys, but like I just I obviously would have loved to win a national championship there. Um, to be the first ever to do it. Um, it's something special. Well, but, that's just it. I mean, 2020 changed everything. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the way it ended, it was just yeah. kind of like, you got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. we won our we won our last game. I won my last game at Mississippi State. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I think I deserve a ring. You know, I, just, <laughs> I mess with – I mess, I I mess with I the do. coaches all the time, and I'm like, yo, where's my ring at? You know? <laughs> like – Well, you played you know, with Coach a lot Lim, of those guys. Coach Lim will be – yeah, Coach Lim would come up to me and Foss, like I'll let you I'll come I'll let you come over for dinner and I'll sit right next to you with my ring on. You can look at it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, kidding me. Oh man. Hey, well there now you, you know you know there, now are when there, are there any other questions you want us to ask you? Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think that's you know, do we need to give you shout outs to your mom and dad and anything like that? I, no, I, I just I was expecting y'all to ask me something about that, but well, I, everybody I, does. I got on that train and then I got derailed by, I think by, you know, a, uh, well, candy corn. I think that's what yeah. I'm yeah. You know what? I, this is going to be it because you you'll be at spring training, Jeff. I'm I'm going to try to get out there for a little while too. You know what you need to do? You and Lighter will probably be around each other there at spring training you need to have on mississippi state stuff every time you're around that guy just to give him crap that's what you need well they won it the year before so i can't really i can't or wait he wasn't on that team was he he wasn't on the 2019 yeah it was rocker no that was kumar okay yeah i guess i could (laughs) i guess i could did he pitch game three i think he pitched game one yeah whichever one banner oh kumar pitched game three kumar pitched Kumar pitch game three. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, just to give yeah. him some credit. I mean, you guys will be playing together for years, but that that's fun. The, the, the little inner rivalry. SEC baseball, man, that's some good baseball right there. Well, hey, let's, get, not talk to yeah. but let's not talk Vanderbilt football. Good God. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, no. uh, Mississippi State ain't much, ain't much better. Yeah. No, they, they play this weekend, right? I think they play yeah. this weekend. They get they play Kentucky this weekend, but th- this is the weekend where the guys get the rings and everything. Oh, okay. So, all right, all right, all right. All right. Justin, uh, oh, uh, God dang, what was it? I had something else? Uh, it's not important. <laughs> hey, Justin, it's thank you, important. thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I know you had a busy day today to stop down and give us a little time here. Um, I, I saw uh, somebody in your family followed me today, so I think they're looking forward to hearing this thing get out tonight. Might have been your mom. Uh, that that followed me on Twitter, but uh, she's all over the social media. Is she? Yeah. Well, you know what? We'll give a. Sh- What's her name? Yeah. What's your mom's name? Maggie Foskey. That's it. That's Maggie actually Foskey. Maggie. Thanks for the follow. So we're giving you a shout out here on the podcast. Uh, keeping up. We're going to be keeping up with uh, Justin just like you are. Justin's dad is a proud subscriber of jeffwilson.substack.com by the way so, there you go there, there we go. go right there justin we'll see you out at the yard thank you so much for coming on that's justin foscu uh number four prospect in the ranger system first round draft pick 2020 justin thanks a lot yeah guys thank you so much all right man now go to go to booties yep booties <laughs> <laughs> is my place in Yo, what's your, what's your spot here Booties. Booties. It's a little. Booties? It's a bar yeah, and grill a, thing. Reams, Reams and uh, Bell. 
and it, it's the the owner's last name is his name is Andy Labuti, so it's a play on his last name. It's not like a Twin Peaks, right. or food, but right. They have great food. They really do. Cool. Yeah, I have to give it. They got wings and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah, it's good. Award-winning wings. They have great wings. Tuesday nights trivia okay. night or something like that, right? And uh, I go to a I go to a little Mexican place further down Reams toward uh, Greenway. It's called Rito's, and it's like the most low rent. Uh, I mean, it's nice inside, but like they serve food into go boxes. But man, is it good! And the salsa is hot. It is. It is solid. So I mean, I, I think I'm about to try. I, I think I'm about to try the one hot one one chip challenge here in a couple weeks What's you ever heard of that yeah no. i saw Shaq did that chip in the world where is it yeah it's like you can go buy it at the store or something oh, yeah. oh okay yeah Shaq did it they Shaq tried to do it the other day eat one it's this one chip and he started sweating and getting <laughs> oh my gosh hey john john i gotta ask yeah because like i watched the rangers games but like listening to the rangers games are you the guy that calls the games me? No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm just the podcast guy. You're thinking the the that's either Eric Nadell, Matt Hicks, or if you're doing TV, you've got uh, you've got who's the Dave different Raymond. Dave Raymond, and then the different color Dave. guys. That's not me. No. Okay, because you sound exactly like the the guy <laughs> that Jared 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 Sandler maybe. Yeah, Jared hosts a podcast too, but Jared's the uh, he's one of the guys. He'll he'll be in that booth eventually. Yeah, he does radio. Uh, Thank you, but okay. no, that's not me. <laughs> no, I just had to ask because I, I was like, he sounds so familiar, but I just. <laughs> well, John, maybe we got to line you up, get you to get you, get you an audition or something. Well, th- I can't leave the podcast, right? I've tied all my everything up to this podcast. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd let you. I'd let you out of your contract, John. <laughs> Hey, Justin, again, thank you so much. We kept you on for a little extra, but Justin, again, thank you so much for coming on. It was great having you. Yeah. yeah, guys, let me know if y'all want me to do this again or something. Whenever After, We will be doing it again. This is something we're going right. to probably have you on a couple times a year. Yeah. All right. Sounds good, man. Yeah, just let me know. All right. All right, dude. Thanks, Justin. Take care. All right. Y'all be safe. All right. You too. We'll see you. All right. That's Justin Foscue. Man, what a great kid. I tell you what, that was that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and good, I'm pr- just a cool, laid-back guy, you know. And talented obviously, baseball player, man. Obviously knows – who he is, what his abilities are, but he's not throwing anybody's face and he can have a good time and laugh with a couple of old farts like us. And Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, I, what I love listening to on that, everything, his end goal is World Series. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. I think he's driven for that because he missed out on the College World Series. He wants some sort of World Series and he, he yeah. wants to go there. He is driven. I feel bad because he, he kind of – kind of put us in our place on our interviewing skills, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 was, it was very, Hey, I'm glad he was open about it. And you're right. I think it, it probably would, will, uh, will feel him. Yeah. Know, next time in, within reach of a title, you know, he, he wants to have that experience. Hey, he's a, he's a guy, you know what? And it wouldn't surprise me. You said he had a bad day at the plate today. Um, it may have taken him some extra time to cool down a little bit and get ready to come sure. on and have some fun because if th- just talking to that guy, it sounds like if he had a bad day, he may need a little time to let things chill. You know what I mean? Yeah, because well, he he's driven. Before before you hit the uh, record button, he said it was a long it was a long tough day at the office. Yep. Like, yep. You know. We've got that on the uh, actually on the uh, Zoom one, but I don't have it on the on the main one. But yeah, that 
what a great interview guys but, but i mean you know the fall the fall league is is to you know you want to work you want to get your at bats like you said but you want to do good sure and, and i think <laughs> obviously he was bothered that it, they, they won the game you know he 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 made the second out of that ninth inning he popped out and then they 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 tacked on the runs that, that won the game but he, he yeah he was a little you could tell you yeah could tell this yeah, it, 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 guys, what we're talking about is our time we were scheduled to do, he needed to push it back a little bit. And look, the, by all means, he's our guest. Um, you know, we're going to work around their schedule. These guys have a lot going on. But I'm thinking now he probably needed to get some food, cool down, <laughs> get a shower, get that out of the system because he was awesome. a fun interview. Yeah, no, these guys have been great. You know, every, every, uh, every, everybody we've had on has been good. Absolutely, I mean, they have. You know. It's 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 uh, uh, great for us, you know, and hopefully the, the people who are listening to this thing and uh, eventually watching them as uh, my video team gets 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 uh, ratcheted up again. Yeah, um, it's it's good stuff. Yep, that's it, guys. We're gonna wind this down. We've been going a while now. We uh, we thank everyone for listening to it. Don't forget to sign up. Jeffwilson.substack.com. Great stuff he's got coming out every day. And uh, do what now? I said absolutely. Absolutely. Go join and do that. Go to the go to the YouTube channel, Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast on the YouTube channel. Um, hey, if you guys are going to be out there tomorrow night, find Jeff or I. We're going to be running around there watching uh, Venasco and them pitch out at TCU. Happy to say hi. Meet you guys. We, 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 we love to hear from somebody that listens to the show. Other than that, guys, that's it. We'll see you at the yard.